kind of guy who brought literally if my sister brought him home I'd be terrified but <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Irish Bear Show. I don't know why my finger stayed on mute for an extra five seconds there, but we're all good. Um, it is finally over. <laughs> it's 2022. Uh, Chicago Bears NFL season is over. And now it t- turns into what can they do? How can they make this better? How can they not be the worst team in the league? Um, we are joined by our good friend Jacob Infante. Jacob, it's been a while since we've sp- spoken, probably maybe a few days after last year's draft when we were going through all this stuff, we've had you on a bunch and it's good to have you on. I know you've been very busy over the last few months. How are you doing? I've been great. Uh, it has been a busy couple months uh, and I'm sure that things are you know, only going to continue to get busier for me here as the draft season picks up. But uh, my favorite team has the number one overall pick in the draft. So I really can't complain all that much. I'm feeling great. And there's you know a lot of work to be done, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, exactly. For people that are really into the draft and really get into it, and like I said, we we've done a, a lot on it over the last probably year and a half of having the show. It's always some of the fun shows that we get to do, and it's going to be even more interesting this year because obviously the Bears do have the number one pick. They have the most amount of cap space of any team in the league, and it's exciting because I always call I always called last year not really part of the rebuild for the Bears because it was tearing everything down and now slowly it's now time that I think it's the first year of the rebuild that's actually happening now because you're now going to be adding to this team rather than subtracting and I think that's really really important and um, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see what the Bears are able to do here but before we get into it it was just such a crazy ending yesterday. Um, it's one of those that you don't see too often when it comes to that first overall pick, especially when there's another team that kind of has basically your destiny in their hands. And it look, Noel, I'll bring you in on this. It had to be Lovey Smith. It just had to be. I mean, he was he did it for for the Bears again, and then unfortunately he gets fired. So it's it's kind of a shock to the system, probably for a lot of Houston Texans fans, but. It was it was crazy. I I think it was either yourself or Anthony that said that Bears fans need to thank what is it? Uh, I think it's Rodney Adams from or Rodney Thomas from uh, the Indianapolis culture missing that interception yeah. at the end where it goes straight through his arms. It was it was probably the most in, I guess enthusiastic I've seen Bears fans in the last couple of weeks just because everybody's known 
where this team was going. But it turns out the tough season that we've had to go through is all worth it in the end because for any of us, it's the first time we get to see our team at the top of the draft for now. Yeah, no, look, it's it's definitely been a strange year, but you, you kind of get the feeling, you know, it's it's kind of been, this is this is where you wanted it to go. You never go into a season wanting the number one draft pick, obviously. But again, there was a certain set of circumstances with the new coaches coming in, with the new front office coming in. You know, they had such a, a bloated roster there, such a ridiculous cap situation that, that w- there was a lot of work to be done beforehand. And it's kind of culminated now into the perfect situation for these guys. Um, it's it's going to be really interesting now from free agency through to the draft because there should be a massive turnover on this squad. And it, it's going to be really interesting and fun. And obviously for someone like Jacob to see, as he says, the first draft now, the first pick in the draft is, is something that we haven't seen with the Bears have since, what, 1947? Now, I, I, maybe they won't actually use that first draft pick, but still, right now they have options. They have so many options. As you say, when you talk about they've cleared players, they've, they've cleared drafts, uh, they, sorry, cap space. It's It's been a tough season to watch, but this is now, as you say, is where the work starts because they have everything. They have the tools all laid out there now. It's just up to the guys to go and to make the right decisions. And it's as a Bears fan, it is going to be fun over the next you know few months just seeing exactly what direction they go on things. You know, will they surprise us? I think a lot of us, maybe some weren't, but a lot of us were surprised in the in the draft last year. We were all convinced offense players that were going to be drafted first, and they subverted us and they went defense with the first two. Are there more changes like that? Are there more shocks like that coming for us? Who knows? But it, it should just be fun now over the next few months just seeing exactly what way this roster is going to take shape now for next season. Yeah, and what makes it fun is that the Bears are going to be very, very active. And it's basically the opposite of last year. You are going to control free agency to the point of even if you don't want to give out stupid contracts, you're going to have to sign a hell of a lot of players next year because, or in the offseason just because of the amount of money that you do have. When guys get released from other teams that are that could be a top end of the market, you're going to be one of the favorites to go in for it because you have all this extra cap space. And that's the interesting thing that I find here. And Seth, I'll bring you in before we kind of really get into kind of the draft talk today it makes it interesting because the bears can be involved in all of these different situations last year when guys were getting released because teams are up against the cap you couldn't really get too much into it like when we were talking about like Lael collins and guys like that last year like the bears couldn't really get involved because they didn't have the cap space and the it was very hard for them to maneuver not knowing what was going to come up in the draft but really this year ryan pose has it a blank canvas to work with and whatever way he wants to build this roster, he's going to have the tools to be able to do it. Absolutely. It's, it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, theoretically we could have been in on some people last year, but it would have been a like kind of cap hell situation. Um, obviously it's, it's going to come down to who actually hits the open market. Um, that's that's always the hardest thing, you know. Like you'd like to see Mike McGlinchey hit the open market, or you know, Orlando Brown Jr. But there is no guarantee, you know. A lot of times people don't let really good players go, but if they do hit the market, you know, it's the first time in a long time we've actually had a chance to make a run at some of these people. 
Yeah, look, it, it is. It's, it's one of the interesting ones when you look at when you do it, like, for example, if you get like a Duran Payne that does hit the market, look, people will expect maybe he he gets signed. But I, we were talking offline yesterday that they have a lot of money already put into Jonathan Allen. They're going to have to pay um, their pass rushers pretty soon and chase Young. I know he is kind of his fifth-year option, but that's where that one makes sense. And look, we will be talking a lot about free agency as we as the coming weeks kind of as it get cl- as it gets closer. Anyway, but we're going to focus today more on the draft. And Jacob, it's it's interesting to go into it knowing that you have pretty much you control what happens in the draft right now, where you do have the first overall pick. Now, I think a lot of Bears fans do not expect the Bears to be at number one when that pick is actually going to be announced because as we've seen in previous years that you could wait to the draft for this to happen or as we've kind of seen more recently a lot of these trades happen prior to the draft and even weeks beforehand because a team that's trading up may want to do their kind of complete scouting on all these quarterbacks and really be able to dig in on who they want we saw the san francisco 49ers do it when they selected mac jones or sorry, not Mac Jones. That's who they we are all told they were going to go for. And then they went for Trey Lance. But the fact is, them going early, maybe if they made that trade at draft day, they would have selected who at that time, it seemed like it, was a, it wasn't a secret that they were interested in Mac Jones. And then after they did all this scouting, they go out and they get Trey Lance. So it's interesting to see what the Bears could do here. Because do they agree to a trade early? Do you think it's better in terms of their own strategy to wait this out and try and drive up as much interest? Or do you think if a team just blows you away early with an offer, you shouldn't be afraid to go and accept that? So I think that there's definitely a possibility the Bears accept a trade uh, before the draft starts. I'd honestly lean that that's probably the most realistic situation, especially because you have the number one overall pick. And with, you know, with picks that go after it, you're looking at you don't know who's going to be on the board. But with the number one overall pick, you know who's going to be on the board. And for at any point, you're going to know who your top prospect is eventually. And if you know that and that's set in stone, then it makes all the sense in the world if you're any of these quarterback needy teams to trade up to the number one overall pick beforehand and ensure that you're going to get your guy and not leave it to chance. Because you have so much time between now and the draft that you can really uh, take part in these fruitful negotiations, like super in depth. Whereas while the draft is going on, sure. You've had discussions about certain picks, but you don't know exactly who's going to be there. So those aren't nearly as uh, nuanced, I guess, not nearly as in depth of discussions as say, if you're going to trade up for the first overall pick early on. So with that in mind, I, I expect if the Bears are going to trade back, which I think they will, I think it would make a lot of sense for teams to be willing to have those discussions well before the draft. Because, I mean, truthfully, at the end of the day, if you're picking in the number one overall spot, you want to know who you're going to take for as long as possible. And there's the whole, oh, teams don't know who they're going to take. There's going to be all this mystery in the media. Realistically, teams know who they're going to take more mm-hmm. often than not. Uh, especially at the quarterback's uh, position. So I think that I expect the Bears to make a trade. I think it makes all the sense in the world for them to do so, 
given how many needs they have, given the fact they don't need a quarterback as much as certain people want to tell you otherwise. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I think that it's going to be a trade, if I had to guess, and I'd assume that it would happen before the draft. But uh, I, I could see those negotiations being pulled along for a little bit simply because uh, simply because there are so many offers coming in. You want to make sure you have the best one that you're accepting. So I think it'll take a while, but I think it'll happen before the draft. I'm sorry, Jacob, just in, in terms of like a, a draft kind of plan, uh, you talk about the needs that the Bears have. Where do you stand on? I've heard some people say, you know, you can trade down, but do not go outside the top five because, you know, people say Carter or Anderson. Other people are saying, well, no, I want multiple trade downs in the first round. <clears throat> Excuse me. Pick up as many draft picks as you, as you can because we have so many holes. For yourself, like, where do you stand on something like that? Should we be staying within the top five to get one of those guys? Or should we be kind of banking as many picks as we can by moving down the first round a little bit to fill out more of those holes. You know, I think that really depends on exactly what kind of offers you're getting, because say if the Houston Texans call and they want to move from two to one and they have an offer where obviously you still stay with the second overall pick, but you are able to pick up all these other draft picks or potentially if they're really desperate, throw in the 12th overall pick which I don't know if that's going to happen, but from a value perspective, from most draft charts that are out there, it's a pretty fair deal. It leans a little bit towards Chicago, which let's face it, if the bears are going to trade down, they're going to do it. If the deals favor them and the quarterback position naturally is going to inflate the value of that number one draft pick so that the bears statistically get more in return than what they're giving up. So if that happens, then absolutely. I'd be down to move to two. I really like the Colts' fourth overall pick. I think that uh, I, I wrote in a mock draft that I published actually this morning that you're looking at a team where you can still get either Will Anderson or Jalen Carter realistically because it's going to be two QBs with the first two picks if the Colts move to one and the Texans stay at two. And then whatever the Cardinals do, maybe they trade down and a team who wants Will Levis is going to move up. I don't know. But you're guaranteed at least one of them probably going to get a future first and a handful of other picks for that. I think that's a possibility. Uh, but I don't think that the bears are necessarily shoehorned into, they have to stay within a certain range. I'd personally love it if they ended up with either Anderson or Carter, uh, whether they stay at one or preferably whether they move out. But if there's a pick that really blows you away where you move outside of the top five Maybe you move outside of the top 10. I think that's as not as likely, but say a team like the Titans or the Jets gives you a deal that you truly can't pass up with multiple first round picks. The Titans have Jeffrey Simmons. The Jets have Quinn and Williams. Maybe if they throw in those picks and those players and you're getting multiple draft picks, just speaking hypothetically here, then that's something you have to consider, even if you're not getting as, highly touted of a draft pick in your first round this year. So I'd prefer to stick within the top four. I think that's an ideal situation for the bears moving with Houston or Indianapolis. But if there's really a, a trade that blows me away, then I'm definitely considering moving outside and, you know, ending up with someone like Tyree Wilson, the edge out of Texas tech, miles Murphy, the edge from Clemson, Brian Brzee, the tackle from, uh, from Clemson. Uh, any of those guys I think would be good values. And that's just in front seven defenders. There are other 
wide receivers or offensive linemen that I'd consider in that, say, like that seven to about 15 range as well. Yeah, and that's one thing that I've kind of been earmarking this for the last few weeks. And I said, I think I put a tweet out yesterday during the games, that the best possible thing that has happened to the Bears is that the Indianapolis Colts got into the top five. Because over the last couple of weeks, they've been kind of hovering around the seventh pick, the eighth pick. And some people don't want to go that far. Now, again, I think Indy is a perfect solution that if they do come up, that you already have some sort of a, obviously you get Eberflus from there. Chris Ballard used to be with the Bears. There's already relationships between the two organizations there. They respect each other. And sometimes that does actually go a long way to being able to trade for them. You never know. It may turn out to be where if Ian Cunningham gets this Titans job or Cardinals job, you might get something there. Probably more to do with the Titans and the Cardinals. But again, a lot of this does come down to relationship building as well within, especially when you look at Ryan Paul as a new GM. But that one would make a lot of sense. Obviously, if the Houston Texans were willing to give like the fir- their other first round pick 12 and even if it was I'd honestly say even if it was a future one and they gave up their second round pick for this year you, that's still very very high and that's still a good opportunity there as well but yeah Houston, um, the Indianapolis Colts at four make a lot of sense again when you look at the likes of Jalen Carter Will Anderson Jr that's definitely one of those that is an interesting proposition because those are, I think personally, when you look at them, two of the best players in the draft, if you're not going to count quarterback. So that's an interesting one. I think that's why a lot of people want to stay within that kind of top four, top five. Um, There's a couple ones here. I just want to read out a few comments. So I think Houston and Indy are going to be in the market to trade up. Both have unpredictable owners that really want to quarterback. I think a lot of this is going to depend on, how many of the quarterbacks Houston like. So if Houston really likes CJ Stroud and they really like Bryce Young, they'll probably just stick with where they are and they'll be happy enough with whatever quarterback. But what the Bears have to try and do is convince them that the guy that they want, somebody else is trading up for. And that's the only way that particular trade is going to happen. I see this a lot as well. Um, trade back at least twice. I think... We, we do start to get ahead of ourselves when we, we do have the first overall pick that you do have to be in the right spot to be able to trade twice or more than once in the first round. Because at the end of the day, you need to be in a position where whoever you trade back with first, you then have to be in a position that somebody else wants to trade into there. So it is a little bit tricky when we talk about trading more than once. Um, we have a couple of other comments in here. So Anderson at one or trade with Indy and get Nelson. Look, personally, if the Bears weren't able to trade back from one, let's say no team was absolutely enamored with the quarterbacks and just stayed where they were, I'd be fine with Will Anderson being that number one overall pick considering you look at him, he's in a position of need and a really important position in the modern-day NFL as well, getting your pass rusher in, especially if you're able to get a three-technique in free agency. makes a hell of a lot of sense. Jacob, you put up a really good stat earlier on today. It's something that I we did our kind of a film review on both Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. And the one thing that you see is kind of the tackles that Will Anderson makes. And the fact that I know people will say about all oh, the sacks kind of dropped from one year to the next. But when you look at them, 
he really does do a lot, especially people say that he's too small and stuff like that, but he doesn't show that on tape. When you actually watch him, he's the type of guy that if you are at number one when the draft, when that pick has to come in, kind of talk talk some of the listeners through it because I know we see it quite a lot on kind of Twitter and social media that people say Will Anderson isn't a fit for the Bears because of his size. He can't play at a 4-3 defensive end, but for me, if you can rush the passer, this is what this team are badly needing. And like we said, if he if they fall down to four, I'd say they'd be hoping that he would be there. Yeah, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, sure, Anderson isn't as big as one would like for a 4-3 base defensive end. But if your system doesn't work with a player who's as talented at getting into the backfield as Will Anderson, then that's more of an issue on you as a coach than it is on Will Anderson not fitting your scheme. Because, you know, to be frank, I firmly believe Anderson's the best draft prospect in the 2023 class. I've thought this dating all the way back to last May, and that's something that I've stayed on since, you know, I've continued to add on guys onto my big board and continue to watch more of Anderson, more of Jalen Carter, more of these QBs. Uh, I think Anderson's the best guy in this group. And if you're, if you're picking solely for scheme fit, then that's honestly pretty concerning because sure. That's something you should keep in mind to an extent, but with how much turnover there is in the NFL, especially at, say like head coach, I think there's, you know, a decent amount of turnover. We've seen it as bears fans. It's happening around the league every year, you know, a handful of coaches get fired and you're stuck with someone. Oh, this guy's a much better scheme fit, even though so-and-so is the much better player. Your coach gets fired in two years. Now, what do you do? And so I think for that, you go heavily for the best talent available. And in my mind, that's Anderson. And I think that, sure, he's a better fit as a stand-up edge rusher in a base 3-4, but with his explosiveness, with his flexibility, with how well he uses his hands, with how high of a motor he plays with, he should be able to project into any scheme. And I feel confident that he's going to be a productive pass rusher of the next level. That's what the Bears need, arguably more than anything right now. And I think that you're getting a player who's that good. That's something you have to, in my opinion, if you're staying put at one or if you're trading back to two, whatever, you move back to four and he's on the board, Anderson's got to be the pick. That's just my opinion, though. Yeah, I I agree. I think when you look at Anderson and Jalen Carter, I've always said that it doesn't really matter if you come away with one of these guys and get a haul for your pick. I don't think as a Bears fan you can complain. But when I look at it and I see where is the positional value as well, it is a pass rusher and will anderson you say you said it perfectly jacob like let's say the bears don't go for will anderson and it's because of oh he might not fit eberflus's scheme well if the bears go and win two or three games next year eberflus could be fired next year so like that's the thing that you do have to consider you always have to pick kind of the value there over anything else but look I guess going into this, we have the, the number one pick, some of the scenarios, and look, Seth, I'll come to you next. In an ideal world, there's a lot of people, especially in the chat, that they're putting up kind of different scenarios. We're going to see this over the next while. 
Some people would prefer if it's just a trade down with Houston. Some people are mentioning kind of with Indy and trying to get a player. Some will mention kind of Las Vegas if they don't come away with a free agent that at quarterback we've heard kind of Carolina. There's a lot of teams that you can look at within those top 15 picks that you can say genuinely could trade up for a quarterback. And I just think this is the perfect year for the Bears to have the number one pick because there is a lot of scope for the Bears to move down. And you don't have to be pigeonholed into hoping a specific team is coming up because there could be a quite a good number of them. If we look at the way Paul's kind of used his his draft class last year when where he had most of his picks in kind of day three he was able to trade down constantly so it is something that's in his mo to trade down and now that he has this opportunity if i would be surprised if they don't trade down as long as they get of reasonable value to where that pick has been traded for before but in your opinion, as a Bears fan, what do you want to see happen here? Like, what is your ideal scenario for this number one overall pick? Well, it's a tricky thing because there's a, an entire variable to this pick that can change everything, and that's who they sign in free agency. You know, if you do spend some money on, uh, you know, an edge rusher that you feel is everything you want, then you have a certain level of flexibility. And then if you go and bring in, you know, a Duran Payne and then you solidify part of your line and you spend a good chunk of money, then I definitely want to trade back. Cause at that point, you know, just start stacking, stacking some things up and see what you can make happen. Um, so it's, it's gonna, it really depends on the amount of flexibility we have. Um, you know, say we strike out in a bunch of stuff, then yeah, you know, I'd, I'd like to see them trade back, but definitely not, two or three times because you know once you get to the latter part of the the first round it can be a little dicey you know especially if you're one of the people who wants them to take a flyer on one of these wide receivers i'm not huge on this wide receiver class um so personally if the option is to trade back and, and take one of them i wouldn't be as thrilled i think this is a great offensive and defensive line draft so i wouldn't mind you know trading back get a Jalen Carter or you know somebody in, in that mold. Uh, that's that's kind of where I'm at. So there's still that big variable of free agency left. Yeah, and look, it's obviously going to be an important one. And I guess it, it will be interesting to see how other teams play this. How, how soon will we start to see some of these stories come out of teams being interested in the number one overall pick? it's going to be kind of crazy for Bears fans to kind of follow along because there's going to be a lot of rumors. There's going to be a lot of stories, um, but it's definitely going to be one that's interesting to watch. And look, Jacob, one of the things that we like to do when we, we first kind of start our kind of draft analysis on the show and we, we start going through this. Now we've done like a couple of ones where we've gone through specific players, specific position groups, but it's good to have you on to be able to talk about, the, I guess, an overall preview of the draft. And one of the things we hear every year, where are the strengths and where are the weaknesses of the draft? Seth just said there, he's not a big fan of the wide receiver class, but for you, where do you think the key strengths are within this class? Is it mainly on, I guess, some of the positions that the bears are looking for, where you look at maybe D line, you look at pass rusher. Um, and where do you think is the biggest weakness that if the bears are going to add talent at this position, it may have to be done prior to the draft. I think that 
it's honestly tough to say which position I think is the strongest, but I think one of the positions that really stands out to me is just the sheer talent at the edge rusher position. And, you know, we've talked about Will Anderson and mentioned Miles Murphy, Tyree Wilson, but there are a lot of guys who are in that fringe round one, uh, er, like early to mid round two range that I think could really make an impact at the next level. I'm looking at, you know, as many as like 12 edge rushers, I think could realistically go within the first, uh, the first three rounds, maybe even the first two rounds, if you make, you know, a good enough argument for them, uh, like Felix and Uzoma, the uh, edge rusher out of Kansas state is a guy that I've really come to like yeah. uh, Derek Hall from Auburn, Nolan Smith uh, from Georgia before his injury was one of the most explosive edge rushers in the nation. Zach Harrison from Ohio state is, you know, a ball of clay with as good of physical tools as anyone in this class, you know, BJ Ojolari, Andre Carter, Lucas Van Ness, Ade Tamiwa out of Bawore out of Northwestern. I can, you know, go on and on. Uh, all those guys I think could go sometime within late day one at some point day two. And there's good depth around the group. Like guys who come to mind, Isaiah McGuire out of Missouri, uh, Colby Wooden out of Auburn's a guy like Dylan Horton's a fringe inside outside guy at a TCU. And there's good small school talent at the position as well. You know, you're looking at someone like a BJ Thompson out of Stephen F. Austin, maybe, you know, Caleb Murphy out of D2 Ferris State. It's, you know, just so many talented edge rushers. I think that's really the strength of this class. I think the Bears, if they stay put at one, I'm expecting Anderson to be the pick. But even if they do that, I wouldn't be opposed to them taking another guy in, say, like the fourth or fifth round just to stock up on pass rushers. Uh, I think offensive tackles got a fair share of really talented guys. I'm looking at about 11 tackles who could go within the first two days. Uh, as many as say four or five offensive tackles who have, you know, a decent enough argument to go round one. That's a really impressive group to me. Running back is the other one that I'd like to talk about uh, because especially from a bears perspective, if David Montgomery doesn't come back, you know, you have Khalil Herbert, who's a good runner, but I don't think he's the guy that you can have on all three downs on a consistent basis, especially he's had some issues as a receiver and as a pass protector. So you want someone to, you know, lighten the load a little bit, but lucky for him, even with Blake Corum, the Michigan running back decided to stay in school uh, today. That's just something he just announced, but there are so many guys that I think could be solid starters, if not high end rotational backs who can contribute at the next level. So I wouldn't be mad at all if, say, around the fourth round, the Bears have that draft capital there. They got from the Robert Quinn trade. They got that Eagles fourth-round pick, and they have their own as well. I wouldn't be mad if one of those picks was a running back. So as for a thin class, that one I'd say is a little bit tougher. I'd say maybe offensive guard. Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily blown away by the depth of that class. I think you have a handful of solid starters there, but – as far as day one contributors, as far as immediate starters, I think maybe you're looking at like three guys. I mean, it's not necessarily deep. I think the center class is a lot better than what you're looking at at guard. Uh, and another position, I'd say I'm not overly thrilled with what I've seen at wide receiver compared to recent years. I don't think it's a bad class. I think you're looking at four guaranteed first round picks and then you know a wild card maybe josh downs makes it up there maybe Keishon Butte makes it up there somehow uh but 
I think there's a drop off after those two guys and then Addison, Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnston, Jalen Hyatt. I think there's a decent enough drop off from there. Not too many guys I'd consider in round two, which, you know, you're looking late round two for the Bears. I ideally think it would be great to add a weapon there, but I just don't know if the value is going to be great. Uh, I'm not as high on Rasheed Rice as some. I think Zay Flowers is solid. I think, you know, Cedric Tillman's solid, but how, exactly how many of them are going to be truly great at the next level, I'm not entirely sure. So when you compare it to recent years, granted, those have been unbelievable talents. <laughs> you know, the last, say, like three years at wide receiver have been a really impressive class, but I don't, I don't think it's as deep as what we've seen in recent years. Yeah, I agree. It still comes to the point of, we, we talk about the wide receivers and we're saying that there's probably four, maybe five get in there. When I remember talking about it last year and kind of doing the averages over, I guess, the recent kind of five or six years and it seemed like it was six receivers going in round one most of the time. So it is going to be interesting to see how that works out. But look, we'll, we'll start with where you went for and on the strengths at the beginning. So I agree with you when it comes to kind of the edge rushers. There's, there's guys all, all throughout the board. I've always said that if you look at even kind of the second guy that people are talking about now and in Miles Murphy, I think he would be a really good fit. You look at, you've mentioned Tyree Wilson and you say just how, how many of these edge rushers are good. And that's even with Jared Verse going back to school. And he was another one that a lot of people had kind of maybe moving up draft boards. They had him maybe towards the end of first round maybe two months ago and then you're starting to see you were starting to see more and more people put him a little bit higher and then he goes back to school and look it's it might be a good decision for him considering just the amount of talent and he might get end up get picked higher next year anyway um but that's going to be interesting one guys like Keon White from Georgia Tech you look at Will McDonald from Iowa State again I the first guy that you mentioned was is probably one of my favorites going into that is Azuma from Kansas State. He's going to be one that's going to be interesting to kind of watch how people monitor him going forward as you kind of watch his tape because I think maybe two or three months ago, people had him as kind of a top of the second round. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets picked in the first round because of his, his pure talent. And then, look, one of the other kind of interesting positions that you mentioned offensive tackle it's kind of similar to when we talk about the edge rusher this is where kind of um fashion new from penn state going back to school you still have a bunch of other guys so obviously there's paris johnson jr people spoken about him i know tony on our show really likes broderick jones we've had people that like darnell Wright. you have guys like carter warren from pittsburgh cody mouse from north dakota state which a lot of people seem to like and when you look at this there's still quite a a good number of guys that actually didn't come out. So like Robert Scott Jr. from Florida State as well going back. But it is interesting to see kind of those strengths, but then when you kind of compare it to the weaknesses and it's interesting when you look at this and how it fits with what the Bears might want to do. So we've said that actually when it comes to free agency, there's uh, some decent guards that the Bears could pick up there but maybe you're not so enthralled with kind of the centers that are there. But then when you actually look at the draft, it's a very good center draft. And I know a lot of people are, are big fans of kind of John Michael Schmitz and he's the top of the board, but there's still so many other good players there. Like Luke Weipler from 
Ohio State. You look at Cedric Van Praan from Georgia and Jar Patterson from Notre Dame as well. Um, but there's a lot of kind of, I think, I think depth at that position. But it is interesting when we go to some of those kind of weakness ones that you spoke about. You spoke about the wide receivers. Where I wanted to ask you a few questions here is, the wide receiver class is really interesting this year. We, I think we spoke just after the draft last year. We did a tiny little bit about what to expect for this upcoming one. And we spoke about at that time, like Kayshawn Booty, and then what ends up happening. He didn't have a great start to the season. And then comes back kind of halfway through and picked it up a little bit. Announces originally that he's going back to school and then ends up coming out. You look at kind of what's happened at Tennessee when Hendon Hooker was there. Everybody going into the season was talking about Cedric Tillman. And then suddenly it's it's Jalen Hyatt just because of that start to the season that he made. Obviously, it affected him when Hooker went down with the ACL. But he's a really interesting one to, to the point of where people would now be surprised if he doesn't ta- get taken in the first round. You look at Jackson Smith and Jigbo with his injuries this year. That hamstring, he just couldn't get it right no matter how much he tried. But I always say everybody kind of talks about Marvin Harrison Jr. this year, but it's kind of how we were talking about Jackson Smith and Jigbo last year when we were talking about the wide receivers. So when you look at that in terms of that side of things at the top of the draft for wide receiver, and let's say the Bears did trade down, is there anybody in that first round that you would be ecstatic if the Bears were able to add to this kind of wide receiver course? Because look, we know with Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool, like the Bears are going to need to add wide receiver talent, whether that be through trade, through free agency, or through the draft. Is there anybody that you would be, let's say, pounding the table for or really excited if the Bears were able to draft? You know, that's something that's, a little bit tough to think about because I think that you're looking at the top three receivers, you know, Addison, Johnston, Smith, and Jigba. There's a lot to like with all those guys. And I think especially with JSN and Johnston, there's room for concern. Uh, So I think from a pure value perspective, I'd honestly say my favorite is still not my wide receiver one, but my favorite for the bears is probably still Jackson Smith and Jigba. And I know that's something that some people might not agree with because he dealt with injuries all year. And even with when he did play, he wasn't all that productive. But I turn on the tape. I think he's, you know, arguably the best route runner in this class. And he's a very good athlete, reliable hands, uh, intelligent football player, very good after the catch. His season last year is one of the best seasons we've seen from a collegiate wide receiver in at least the last decade. We're talking, you know, on par with Jamar Chase, on par with Justin Jefferson, you know, close to Devontae Smith's Heisman winning campaign, not just from a receptions, from a yards, from a touchdowns perspective, but back over the summer, I did a look at the analytics, some of the uh, like EPA uh points above average per play, stuff like that. Some of the advanced analytics say that Smith and Jigba was in a league of his own in 2021. And I think that he's a better route runner than Quentin Johnston. I think he's a more reliable pass catcher. He doesn't have the circus grabs that Johnston has, but he's he has better overall hands and doesn't make nearly as many drops. I think that 
I think he has a higher ceiling than Jordan Addison. I'll say Addison. Oh, <laughs> he. I wonder what happened there. Maybe his internet went or something like that. But we'll wait for. That's just for, what this wide receiver class does. Uh, we'll wait a few minutes. Ah, he's back in there. We'll see. We'll see what happened. <laughs> there we'll we happen, go. Jacob. <laughs> uh, don't know what happened there. Uh, my Wi-Fi seems like it's working just fine. But I don't know. Anyway, uh, I was saying that Johnson's my wide receiver three. I think that Addison. It's a bit more reliable from you know a game to game basis, but I think Smith and Jigba has a higher ceiling. Uh, so for that, I think that he'd be a really good fit. He can play inside, he can play outside. Uh, and Johnson, I do have some concerns about. I'll be honest. I think he's probably the most physically gifted wide receiver in this class. I think from you know a size perspective, strength, speed, very good after the catch. I think the the ceiling is super high for him. But I also think he has, you know, by far the lowest floor of, you know, any of those three receivers, simply because I, I don't think he's a super polished route runner yet. He, he's improved. Don't get me wrong. I think he's gotten a lot better from, you know, this year to last year. But I still think that there's some concern about he's a taller guy. How well can he sink his hips into his breaks? How well can he create separation against man, against more athletic corners on a consistent basis at the NFL level. And he has a drop issue. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but when you look at the top receivers in this class, I think it's only Booty who had a higher drop percentage last year. Johnston was somewhere in like the eight percentage, uh, like 8% drop rate. Whereas someone like Josh Downs was only in 2% of his targets he dropped. And that might not sound like a lot, but if you look at it over the course of the year, those drops can come at you know inopportune times, and that's you know a handful more pa- a handful more passes that you're dropping on a consistent level, which you know I think he really needs to clean up. So upside with Johnston is the highest, but I'd still say Smith and Jigba is the guy I think is the best fit for the Bears. Uh, I know Mooney plays a lot in the slot. I think you can move him outside as well have some versatility. Really, you can move some uh, some more spread formations. You can have both Smith and Jigba and Mooney out of the slot. I think that would be, you know, if the Bears were to land him, I think that'd be a really good use of their talents. But either way, there's versatility with that whole wide receiver room. If you're getting JSN, I still think he's the guy for me uh, if the Bears are going to take a wide receiver in this class. Yeah, look, I think that's one of those that if you do trade down and let's say you do look at, let's say what we're talking about with Houston, right? Where if they did want to trade up and they traded you, whatever it was, 12, or if you trade it back with, what was it? I think the the Lions second pick is like 18 or something like that. If you're able to do something like around those, then for me, Smith and Jigba is probably the best fit of those first round wide receivers for the Bears. I always prefer the wide receivers that won our hands catchers that like, you, I think you had it in your recent mock draft, Josh Downs. You don't even have to look at the stats. You just have to watch him catch the football, and you know that he's not going to be a guy that is just going to let it hit his body the whole time, and that's the one thing I, I really don't like from some of the other guys. In terms of JSN, the thing is he he's able to get open. He gets open in different ways. His route running is what you're looking for, and typically that's what you do kind of look to see how can they produce at the next level? And the interesting thing is when we were going through the wide receivers last year, 
we got one of the beat reporters on from Ohio State. And we just simply were asking them about Chris Olave, we were asking them about Garrett Wilson. And then we did a couple of questions about Jackson Smith and Jigba. And at the end, we asked them one question. Who's the most talented receiver of all three? And he said, Jackson Smith and Jigba, without a doubt. And that just, it just goes to the three very different receivers, but three guys that are really, really good. Look, if Smith and Jigba didn't have his injury this this year, he'd probably still be a top 10 pick because that's where people had him if he went last year. You saw what Chris Olave was able to do. We saw what Garrett Wilson was able to do. I feel like if you do have two picks in the first round this year and you've gone through the medicals with Jackson Smith and Jigba, if you're happy with that, I don't think you have to worry about drafting a guy like that because you know if he's healthy, he will be able to produce. And it is really important that if the Bears are going to select a receiver, that you're able to do that. I do have the same worries about Quinton Johnson. I've, I like his athleticism. Obviously, he gets some of those freakish catches. But again, we, we've we been stung before on those type of receivers. But also, you kind of want to see it for how do you project them going forward. And I've always said it now. It's, my bias is in there. I, I I support Ohio State. So, like, I'm always going to have that there for, for Smith and Jigba. It's the same thing with Olave, same thing with Garrett Wilson last year. But the thing is, you, I always prefer the guys that just are better route runners. And that's why I have always been a little bit uneasy with Quinton Johnson because that is one part of his game that he's going to have to be better at at the next level. But again, he, he does have that body type. He does have that athleticism that a lot of teams will look for. And that's why he will go pretty pretty up um but uh Seth do you do you want to come in here yeah so um admittedly I'm not the most in-depth in terms of um just my draft or college knowledge uh so I wanted to defer to you guys um in terms of this wide receiver class there was one guy I was watching some film on that kind of piqued my interest in the in the mid rounds what do you what are your guys opinions on uh Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State yeah so uh if, if you don't mind I can take that and then if you know any of you guys want to jump in you know obviously yeah. feel free uh so Hutchinson was a guy that I was a little bit late on watching because I, I got in that mindset every once in a while I'll see a name and I'm like oh yeah I've watched him and then I look back at my ranks and I'm like wait I haven't seen him yet uh so i didn't watch hutchinson until like say two three weeks ago so i'm a little bit i'm not as in-depth with him as i am with some of the top receivers in this class who have been watching for months but from what i've seen i'm definitely intrigued i think that uh his production at this point st- speaks for itself you know one of the most i think productive receivers in this class he's a bigger guy i know he's six three like a, over 200 pounds i think around like 210 uh, and I'm honestly impressed with what he offers as an athlete. He's not like a four, three type of guy, but I think in the low four fours for a guy who's as big as he is, I think that's what you're expecting there. A well-rounded guy. He's got a high football IQ. He's, you know, not the most explosive route runner, but he makes up for it with just his knowledge of how to exploit soft spots and zone coverage, uh, and how to attack leverage and man. Uh, certainly impressed by that. I think he's, you know, solid hands. I don't know if he has like an alpha trait other than his size and his production, 
which that makes me think he's probably going to go the third round, which is around where I have him right now. But I think he's a solid contributor at the next level, whether you have him as a boundary guy uses, you know, physicality and his size along the boundary, or you want to have him as a big slot, which I think is definitely feasible or, you know, even as a field side guy, because I think he's athletic enough to play with that much space. You could really move him all around the field. So Again, I don't think he has a defining trait like someone like his like Quentin Johnston is more physically intriguing. Someone like Smith and Jigba and you know even Addison, you know they're more uh, precise route runners. Addison, you know, more of a speed guy. I think at this point is what I'd consider him. And then Smith and Jigba is more of a technician. I don't think Hutchinson has that defining alpha trait, what I like to call it, but. I think he's a well-rounded receiver. I think he can be a solid, like a wide receiver three at the next level. Just someone who maybe not going to explode for like a thousand yards, but I think somewhere in that 600 yards a year to 800 yards a year, I think that's definitely reasonable. And I think that's someone that NFL teams are going to like. I think the length and just the reliability you're getting with him, I think he's got a good chance to be a contributor. Yeah, I could uh, see him winding up in San Francisco in like the third or fourth round. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I like him. I the thing that I like is he makes plays like you said, Jacob. He he might not be when you look at the the elite options, especially in the draft. But I think where you have him is probably right. You're probably looking at maybe late two, early three, because there's gonna be teams that are gonna like his reliability that he'll be able to come in and he'll be able to produce because. That's what a lot of these teams are looking for now, that they need these rookies to be able to come in, to be able to learn the system, to be involved in the offense and not take time. And it can be it can be difficult on that. But look, there's a lot of comments here on a, on a couple of different kind of receivers. I know, Jacob, you mentioned earlier on, a, a bunch of people are kind of fans of Rasheed Rice. And we have others mentioning Cedric Tillman, Dontavian Wicks, uh, A.T. Perry, how they size up. Um, and then we have a couple others. Jordan in the chat mentioning Jonathan Mingo. Um, and yeah, I, I, look, I, I think it's going to be important because if the Bears stay at the top of the draft, I don't see them picking a receiver. So you're probably looking at if they get another second round pick, you might see one there. You might see one in the third round if you get an extra pick there as well. And there is a decent amount of depth in terms of, I guess, solid contributors that you can get in this year. Like we have some people that like Xavier Hutchinson. You have others that like Parker Washington. I know Roma Dunes has he's not declared just yet. Um, we may find out a little bit on that. Some people like Nathaniel Dell, Charlie Jones as well as one. Zachary Franklin, and um, people have mentioned him, Anaya Smith, even though he has it, there was a little bit of trouble um, at the beginning of the year. Um, but there's a lot of guys that are out there that it's going to depend on what system they're going to be brought into, what role they're going to be brought in. But there are some good depth pieces. But like you mentioned, Jacob, a lot of it does come to the point of who do you really want out there is when we see early in the draft, we look at kind of those elite traits that you talk about. And ultimately that's what teams are looking for. When you get into those middle rounds, you look for one trait that you think, okay, maybe this guy just wasn't coached 
to the level that he can get to. And that's what you're able to do in terms of at the NFL level to be able to bring to bring those in. So look, I guess there's a, a bunch of other people kind of putting other names in there. Dante Demas, uh, Justin Shorter is coming out. He's a great jump ball wide receiver. Um, we have another J2K saying Demas is a beast. So I guess that comes to one of our one of our final kind of topics before we go into doing a little bit of a, a fun mock draft that we like to do on our, on our mock draft Mondays. But, and this one is just the early favorites. So you're kind of early draft favorites. You mentioned Jacob, like for example, with Xavier Hutchinson, you haven't, you've only recently got around to him. So what are some of the guys that I guess throughout this year in college football throughout this year and watching tape on some of these guys, who are the guys that kind of stand out to you that, are, I guess a lot of people like to call their their draft crushes. What is kind of maybe one or two names that you particularly like that maybe other people aren't talking about as much? Yeah, so I was thinking you know, there are a lot of running backs in this class that I really like. I might be even higher on this running back class than a lot of other people, and I know there's generally a positive opinion on the group. I was going to say Roshan Johnson out of Texas, but I feel like he's getting, you know, a lot of yeah. hype at this point. Full disclosure, right now I have him as RB6, and considering that he's, you know, a backup for Bijan Robinson, that's impressive. That just speaks to the flashes we've seen from him. I'll go with a different running back for one of them, though, and that's going to be Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State. I think that outside of size, he has everything you want in a running back. He's a very good pass catcher. You know, very elusive. He's an electric athlete. You get him out in space. He's got good breakaway speed, better power than you'd expect for a smaller guy. Uh, very good vision, shifty sideline to sideline type of guy. Uh, just an effective uh, jump cut type of runner can make defenders miss, whether that's, you know, running through them or around them. Size is really going to hurt him, I think, from, you know, where he gets drafted. But I think he's going to carve out a nice niche for himself at the next level. Uh, so he's one guy that I like to, you know, I really want, at least on my NFL team. I don't know if he's a, the best fit for the Bears because he can't pass protect all that well, but he's just so much fun to watch. Another guy that I've come to really enjoy arguably more than most people right now, I'm going to go Carl Brooks. He's a defensive lineman out of Bowling Green, yeah, and he's someone who isn't getting a ton of hype at this point, but I've been super impressed with what I've seen from him. He's one of the best pure pass rushing interior guys in this class. Uh, I'm impressed with what he brings from an athleticism perspective. Uh, sure, it's against Mac, so it's not at a power five level. But you look at a guy with that quick of get off, who's that mobile when he gets out into the open field. He's got a strong upper body. I think, you know, pad level can stand to improve a little bit, but the sheer power in his hands, his ability to, you know, lock out def uh, blockers from his frame is really impressive. And just the arsenal he has as a pass rusher, I think is really intriguing. So I have no idea where the league sees him in terms of what round. I definitely think he's draftable. I have him like an early round four right now. I think that's higher than most, but he's the guy that I've really come to like. I think that he's really going to climb up boards in due time because Defensive linemen who test well always get more buzz as the draft process continues. I expect Carl Brooks to test very well. So he's someone, if I had to choose, he's another one of my draft crushes this year. Yeah, he's one that 
I actually just noticed yesterday because I was doing a, a bunch of work on the defensive line yesterday because, again, once all these guys actually uh, declare, that's when I, I will be putting out our prospect rankings on the website. But I'm like, I'm not doing it until all these guys declare because it's you go through it and I think I had in my original list and I just have so many reds from from per, from particular prospects I was hoping to come out. Um, we have a couple of comments here, um, one that I like here. So Zach Charbonnet from UCLA is a very good prospect in this particular running back class. Um, also mentioning Travis Horton is an interesting one. Tyler David, um, we have a couple of guys mentioning. Um, and this is another interesting one. Zach Pickens is a really interesting one because it depends on who you ask about Zach Pickens. You have some people that have him really, really highly ranked. I've seen some people put them in kind of their top five or top six defensive linemen, and I've seen others have him pretty far down their list as well, which is kind of surprising. But he's it seems to be early on in this process a kind of polarizing prospect and i guess for for yourself jacob have you had a chance to watch much of zach pickens yet yeah no definitely he's a guy that's been on my radar since uh last year's because i remember that he was draft eligible last year Mm -hmm. but chose not to declare so i watched a little bit of him last year and i've gotten to watch a bit more of him as you know the years progressed I have him kind of in the middle. I don't have him as a top five interior defensive lineman, but I do have him in my top 10. I have him. I want to say I'll pull it up here. I have him at uh, interior D lineman seven. That's where I have him right now. So I think that he's definitely raw. I think, you know, having watched him, I think that pad level and, you know, having a lower center of gravity is a bit of an issue for him. And I think that, there's been some flashes in terms of his hand usage, but I think he wins more with pure physical upside at this point. Uh, I agree with Jordan. I think he's definitely an intriguing three tech, uh, you know, quick off the ball. I think he's got really good raw power. He's an effective, you know, run defender for that reason. He's able to hold up blocks and he's able to dominate at the point of attack. There's really, there's high upside with him. I can see him, uh, not panning out just because I think the technical deficiencies are, you know, a bit of an issue with him at this point, but the physical upside is definitely there. So he's someone I'd consider like late day two, I'd say like around, you know, mid to late round three is about where I have him right now. I don't know if he's a day one starter, but I think he's a day one contributor as a rotational guy. And then down the line, he's someone I'm looking at is okay. If you can coach this guy up, if you can, add some more moves to his arsenal and, you know, perfect his technical deficiencies. He's someone who could be a solid contributor for your team for quite some time. Yeah. There's a lot of interest in kind of the interior guys. Obviously we kind of thought we spoke about kind of Carter Brisi at the top. You've kind of can see Jervon Dexter. You have Mazzy Smith is an interesting one from Michigan and Keandre Coburn. We mentioned Zach Pickens and the Kobe Turner and Moro Ajomo as well. There's, there's quite a lot of interesting prospects here where, again, it it can just depend on what you like and is there something that these coaches feel like they can improve on. And it's what you would hope for from a defensive head coach as well, that if they do bring in kind of a guy that, okay, maybe you sign your true technique in 
in free agency, but that you see somebody that you believe that you can develop in behind. I think that's definitely a good option to be to be doing here. Um, again, there's a, a couple ones here, and look, that that's including the the two guys from Clemson going back to school. Like that's where there's there's quite a lot of interesting prospects that we all expected to come out and then suddenly didn't but it's kind of showing some of the other guys that are coming out and that there's a lot of intrigue especially within this d-line and also edge rusher and look it's definitely an interesting class i know for for you when it came to edge rusher in your latest mock draft you went for van ness from iowa and i guess what is it that you like from him and do you think that that would be a good kind of i guess round two round two round three type prospect to bring in yeah definitely so i'm looking at van ness right now i know dane brugler of the athletics really high on him he's got him like in his top 30 or something like that uh i don't have it pulled up but he's high on him i think he's a very good player i think the physical tools are definitely intriguing i think you know late round two early round three in the simulation i had he fell to me early round three i was you know all over that. I think, you know, mid to late round two is realistically where I expect him to go. Uh, you know, I could maybe see him falling because it's a deep group of edge rushers and defensive linemen, what have you. I see him as a hand in the dirt for a uh, four, three base defensive end. He's someone I think, you know, you can move him around a bit. He's strong enough and he's experienced moving inside. I think that's definitely an intriguing aspect of his game. He's someone you can kick outside, kick inside, uh, quick off the ball for someone who's like six five two seventy, he's you know got a nice arsenal of pass of pass rushing techniques, uh, just a powerful guy too. I think you're looking at someone who's able to uh, convert speed to power as well as anybody in this class, and that's even with you know the occasional issues he has with pad level. That's just pure explosiveness off the ball, pure power in his anchor. You can tell he's the type of guy who. You can tell what he does in the weight room because of how he plays, how quick his first step is, how strong his hands are, how powerful his lower half is. And I think he sure he's a little bit of a tweener. I think if he's going to play defensive end, maybe he can get a little bit more flexible. I think that'll hold him back a little bit at the next level. Not super agile again. And that's not to say he's bad at either of those things, but he's, you know, has room to improve, I guess, you know, is the best way to put it. So Van Ness is a guy, I think definitely a four, three fit, but that's perfect for the bears with what they need right now in their current system. And you look at a guy who's, you know, physically gifted. I think he's someone I'd take a shot on day two, if I'm the bears for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see what they can do. And if they are able to trade back and get kind of multiple picks here it's going to be interesting to kind of see what they can what they can do but look it is mock draft monday and we will be doing one today i thought it was it was good to have this conversation in first so we can actually do a proper preview because we're going to be doing quite a lot of draft content over the next couple of weeks and months um but we've done it at the beginning of doing these shows we looked at it as kind of scenarios for what the bears could do and we went through all kind of the top ones. But now that they have the first overall pick, we may as well do our mock draft and have a bit of fun with it. And this time it's a little bit different because finally, by doing this show, PFF have 
actually got out their full simulator out because for so long they only had like two rounds and it wasn't going to be enough for us. Um, but what we'll do is we will put this one up and we will get this started in, in just a minute. Um, but look, I guess what we'll do is, um, because the different thing about PFF is that they give you kind of the teams that are interested. So the teams that are interested in trading are, or you can actually, uh, oh no, I have to start it. We'll start the draft first. So the teams that are interested, there's eight of them. So Arizona's one, Indianapolis, Las Vegas. I think what we'll do is we'll go with Indianapolis because that's what you did in your recent mock draft, Jacob. So at this point in time, what do you think would be a fair compensation at pick four to go up to pick one? And and I guess what did you do in, in your mock draft today? Yeah, so with what I did in my mock is, you know, a bit of a mix between the PFF mock simulator and I think the website was Calculator Soup where they have like a an NFL, you know, draft pick trade value chart where I, I kind of mix the two up and just determine what I think would be an accurate draft haul from there. Uh, I've tried to force Buckner in that simulator before, but they value him very highly. I argue more highly than the Colts would at this point, considering there are rumors that they might, you know, look to unload him. So I think you're definitely starting with including the first round pick next year. Uh, you know, as I can see, as you have so far, uh, you're at, you know, four, a future first and 35. I think that's a very good start. Uh, you can add a little bit more. I'd say I like to span out my draft selections to make sure that each year going forward, I have a lot to work with. Mm -hmm. I'd try, I'd see what happens with the 2025 first. Uh, if you remove the, okay. So the chances aren't super high. Uh, maybe try the second instead of the first. Okay. So. Hmm. Okay. So you could potentially go for a rant, like, Round one, round three, round two for 2025. You get round one and round two for 2023 as well. Yeah. So I think that's, I think that's reasonable. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head how the charts uh, value out from you know the Jimmy Johnson scale or whatnot, but I think I think that's definitely a good start. You know, you add the uh, 131. I think that's like fifth round probably. Yeah. So I think that's fine. I don't know, so, you know what you guys want to do, but uh, personally, the reason, the reason why I think of the Colts is because I think this is probably the most realistic scenario of one of the teams that would particularly want to trade up. And really I've always said if for anything happening for this particular draft, I want to get back into the top of that second round. Um, I think it's really, really important to be able to do and at four, you could still pick kind of one of your favorite players in this draft. Or if you wanted to trade back down again, you could. But also, if you if you think that the Colts may not be that good, and look, I don't know with the news yet, and I don't think it's happened at the moment, but if they don't fire their coach, they could end up, um, or if they give them an, another, another opportunity for next year, because obviously you only got the last couple of weeks, the Colts could be one of the worst teams in the league again next year. And that first round pick could be very, very valuable. 
and the same thing with round three. And then again, if they're still not good for 2025, getting a top of round two is very valuable. And I think this this kind of trade makes sense because you could still technically draft who you may be targeting at one anyway. So I guess for for Seth and, and Noel, are, do you guys are you guys in agreement that maybe this is probably kind of the key team that the Bears will be looking at that could possibly trade up to where you stay in that top four, but also you're getting the top of the second round, a future one, a future two, and a future three. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, I think the Colts are the perfect kind of target to to go for because how desperate they are for a quarterback and how those main two quarterbacks could potentially be gone before they get to four. So the Colts may just have that little bit of extra desperation to get up. And then, as you say, if you can get an early round uh, or an early second round pick again, well, then you're you're kind of making up for that Claypool pick that that's gone, which is a great thing. And then, obviously, as you say, round one next year could be a really nice pick as well from the Colts, depending on how things go for them. So, yeah, for me, they're the, they're the obvious target. They're the perfect target if you can get a deal done with them. And Seth, what about yourself? Yeah, I'm right there with you. With the uncertainty of what the heck's going on in Arizona, it's probably the most likely trade because, you know, are they going to try to find a head coach that likes Kyler? If they don't, are they going to let a brand-new coach mortgage the entire future year one to trade up i just don't know the texans who the hell knows what they're doing at this point i i i I don't i have no idea so that i mean that makes the most sense um because i i think they really do believe in geno smith in seattle and um lions can kick rocks so that's where i'm at yeah i I guess what this shows is the amount of teams that are in need of a quarterback like according to pff you have the texans you have the colts you have the lions the las vegas raiders the falcons the panthers uh the jets you have the patriots again you have washington like there's a lot of teams there so that's where this is a good position for the bears to be in but what we'll do is we'll offer that trade and it's being accepted and we'll let what happens happen so what has happened is Bryce Young has gone number one, Will Levis has gone two, and then Will Anderson has gone three. So you could still end up getting your pick at kind of Jalen Carter or if you prefer Miles Murphy at that point in time. And this is what we were talking about. You could go through it here, and the Bears may have been like maybe they were bigger fans of Jalen Carter at the start to get him number one overall, and you could trade down and still get him. And this is the reason why... I think the Colts picks are one of the more valuable ones. Now, the interesting one is if you did want to trade down again, you could attempt to trade down with the Carolina Panthers, who are also in need of a quarterback, and it means you would trade down to nine. At this point in time, Jacob, this was an opportunity for the Bears. Would you prefer them just to take the player in Jalen Carter or Brian Breesey or Miles Murphy? Or would you like them to explore another trade book, keeping them in the top 10? So in my mock draft that I did, I had them moving down to four with this exact pick, and I had them taking Jalen Carter. Uh, I think that's definitely something they could do. I'd see this organization loving Carter just because of his you know, athleticism, his disruption in the backfield, and he basically personifies all the tools you want as a three technique defensive tackle, especially in this defense where that's such a valuable position. Uh, 
I'll, I'll leave it up to you guys, though. I think if you're staying put here, Carter's got to be the pick. But I'm interested in, you know, what the rest of you think. If you want to stay here and move down, uh, I think that's certainly an intriguing possibility because there's still plenty of talent on the board. Uh, so I'll leave that call up to you. I'll say if you guys decide to stay put here, I think Carter should be the pick here, but that's just me. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Like if you let's see what you could do. Because like you said, there's still a good amount of talent that I particularly like. Now, a lot of people have been saying, and I've not done these with players too much. Um, but for example, if you wanted to go for uh if you wanted to trade down and pick up another receiver you could go for a dj Moore. or if you didn't want to go for dj Moore, you could then go get a first round pick uh go or get your kind of second round pick and maybe uh you can't really get many future ones so at this point in time i think moving down you could look you get another valuable second round pick if you wanted or you could go down for to nine and then end up getting maybe that third receiver that you've been looking for. And DJ Moore is a guy that a lot of people really, really like. It's a, it's a tough situation here. No, I'll come to you next um, before we make this pick here. Um, if this was the scenario, and let's say you could either get Jalen Carter or you could trade down to nine and pick up DJ Moore, what one would you prefer the Bears to do? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I can see merits in, in both decisions. Obviously, that's why it's such a hard decision. For me, I'm a big Carter fan. You know, we've we done the video um, there a couple of weeks ago, and obviously I went on about how much I was a, a Carter fan in that, and I'm probably taking him here yeah. because I just I want to get that player in there. I think he is the kind of player that, that this Bears defense really could use and who this Bears coaching staff could do something with. Now, look, if somebody goes and gets a really good deal from someone like the Panthers, I see the merit in it and you know that's more holes you can you can fill but for me i just i like this player and i really cut i don't know maybe they'll change in next few months but i do want to come out of it with carter or anderson i really do i don't know if i've just got my mind locked on that but if i see jalen carter there i'm, I'm gonna make that move we've already got ourselves a few extra picks and who knows how you know holes can can change a few more picks later on in the next round or whatever like we saw last year, he was really, really active in, in trading down. He could still do that again. But for me, I, I don't let Carter get off the or go on to, to anyone else. Yeah, I, I agree. At this point in time, I think I'm at the point of, yeah, obviously, you want to stay in the top 10. And if you're not staying in the top 10, you've got to get an absolute massive haul from somebody. If you're in the top 10, the guys that obviously you target is Will Anderson Jr., Jalen Carter, and for me, Miles Murphy is the other guy that I really like. But in, in this situation, I think you've added another valuable second-round pick. It depends on, I guess, what another team offered. I think it might be different if it was, like, the Raiders or something and you were somehow able to get, like, a Devontae Adams um, to move down because they wanted a quarterback. Maybe I would change my mind, but for this scenario, I think I would prefer to stick a four and just pick the the best player on your board which again could be if you were at one you may select carter or if you're at three or four it could be the same so for me i would do that and that's what we'll do for this one and it, it kind of sticks with what you did today jacob as well it's an interesting way that this team could go about it um and we'll see where what well, kind of comes up here so 
You have the top guys that are on the board here are Anthony Richardson, Joey Porter, uh, Big Wipler, Will McDonald. Is there anybody here? So Keon White, Parker Washington, Rasheed Rice. Um, is there any position you'd like me to kind of look at here, Jacob? So I think an underrated position of need that, you know, maybe not a lot of people are talking about because it's not to the level of defensive line or anything like that. But I think the Bears could be in the market for one more cornerback this offseason. Mm-hmm. You have Jalen Johnson. You're going to have to decide if you're going to pay him, which, you know, that remains to be seen. But at the very least, you have Jalen Johnson and Kyler Gordon for next year. But who's going to be at that cornerback position opposite him? Who's going to be – if you're having Kyler in the nickel, who's going to be outside? Because Kendall Vilder started off the year fairly well, but, you know, things fell apart for him. And Jalen Jones is – he looks like solid depth, but he's not someone I'd consider a long-term starter. And the rest of – especially the corners we saw on Sunday against the Vikings, a lot of them, you know, either won't be on the roster or they'll be, you know, just backup pieces going forward. So – I'll say that the fact that Joey Porter Jr. is still available at 35 is absurd to me. Yeah. I think he, you know, firmly a first round pick. He's at least a top 20 talent in this class in my mind. I also love uh, Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois. I think that in real life, if he's available, that's someone I'm, you know, rushing to the podium to take. But I think the value of Joey Porter is too good to pass up. I like Siaki Eco a lot, but I also think that they're going to invest a defensive tackle a bit in free agency. So you're looking probably Carter in a free agent here. I think Porter should be the pick here. Again, I'll am interested in hearing what you all have to say, but if I'm if I'm picking here, I'm not letting Porter fall anymore because I think he shouldn't be in the second round to begin with. Yeah, the one thing I like is uh, kind of teaming him up with his, I guess his former teammate and Jaquan Brisker. Again, we've seen how that worked out for the Bears this year where he really showed a lot of promise. And Joey Porter, I agree with you. I think there's a potential to where neither one of Devon Witherspoon or Joey Porter would be here at this point in time. Joey Porter, like you said, I think is a top 20 talent. Um, I don't know if it's some of the simulators where the guys that are looking at these particular corners just aren't as big fans of him because I would have assumed he was... Uh, kind of a lock in for a first round pick and at this point in time I think this would be a really good one because really when I look at the there's other players there that I, I like but not to the level of Porter and I just think it, it probably makes it makes sense at this point in time especially knowing that you do have a pick in 20 picks time and then after that another nine and I think at this point in time you want to try and get the high level talent. And that's why I think I would go for Joey Porter. So I would do that unless Noel or Seth, if you have any disagreements on this one. No, you, you take the guy who instantly improves your, your secondary. The other guys there, I mean, outside of Richardson, like can make an impact. I, I think Witherspoon is a good talent, but you know, does Luke instantly make this offensive line a great unit? Yeah. You know, but you put Joey Porter in that secondary, and they're instantly a pretty darn good unit. 
yeah, completely agree. And I think this is kind of a an easy one to make, knowing that we do have another second round pick. Um, so I'll let this just skip it here. And we come up, obviously, Blake Corum is not actually in, in the draft because he, as we mentioned earlier on, he decided not to. Uh, he decided to go back to college because of that injury. Um, so some of the guys in terms of the what PFF are saying are at the top, we have Keandre Coburn, the defensive lineman from Texas. Um, Rasheed Rice, who we've spoken about as a wide receiver. Cedric Gray is an interesting one from North Carolina. Kobe Turner. I believe Cooper Beebe is not coming out either. Um, Cody Mouch from kind of North Dakota State. But there's a couple of interesting ones here now. So we've spoken about them already on the show. So Lucas Van Ness as the edge rusher. You didn't. We didn't go after. We didn't get Will Anderson Jr. in the first round. You could turn around here and go for Lucas Van Ness, or you could try and get your center in John Michael Schmidt. Or you mentioned it earlier on today, Jacob with Derek Hall as a as an Auburn kind of edge rusher. There you've seen kind of Jack Campbell as a linebacker. You've Zach Harris and some of the guys you mentioned. We mentioned Mazzy Smith as well. Is there anybody that's kind of sticking out here that you would be very, very high on to go for at this 55th overall pick? Uh, can you go over just the wide receivers for a second? Yeah, I will do. So, so we have Rasheed Rice. Oh, Jalen Hyatt's oh, still there. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's Check, All right. please. <laughs> All right, so that's definitely not go- – that wouldn't happen, but – that is that's insane. Why I, yeah. they they couldn't have only way that happens that. if he has a really bad combine. Yeah, I don't even think it would happen with mm. a bad combine. Or he hurts himself at the combine. That's madness. Anyway, I I don't think we need to really talk too much more. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because that one's a that one's an yeah. obvious one, and I think if the Bears went and got Jalen Hyde, I think a lot of people would freak out because it's another Tennessee wide receiver, and they'll just be like, oh, it's. The same thing as last year, but I think this is kind of a slam dunk one that was kind of obvious. And we pick again in in nine picks time, so that we're going to make that one pretty easy. Um, and now we go back to it again, and we still have some of those guys that we spoke about. So uh, Lucas Van Ness did go one pick ahead to the Philadelphia Eagles, but you still have some of the other guys you spoke about. So Cody Mouse, you Roma Dunes. Uh, John Michael Schmidt, if you want to get your center, Derek Hall, Mazzy Smith, um, is there anybody further down? DeMarvian Overshown is, is someone that we've spoken about in previous weeks. Um, I really like Christian Haynes. Christian Haynes as a I guard. I think he fits that kind of the, the mold they, they want of, you know, athlete linemen who can mm-hmm. kind of play guard center. I, I like. I have to go back and double check. Sorry. Uh, I think Christian Haynes is staying in school. Mm-hmm. I have they to double check. Update. May have I, not updated it because um, a couple of these guys that they have here are we know that are staying in school. Um, I guess at this point in time, is there anybody that would be standing out to you as I guess really good value at this point in time? You're looking at pick number sixty-four. Um taking into account the guys that we have gone for we've gotten what was it Jalen Hyatt was our last pick the pick prior to that and we went for Joey Porter Jr and then obviously we 
at the beginning of the draft for anybody that might just be joining. We got Jalen Carter after a trade down with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, so is there anybody at this point in time that you would be looking for here, Jacob? I'm loving an offensive line mock, uh, upgrade here. I think Cody Malker, John Michael Schmitz, either one of those, I don't think you can go wrong. Uh, I'll leave, I'll let you guys decide the tiebreaker, but personally, I think you've addressed a lot of your big needs at this point. You've added a defensive lineman, you've added a wide receiver, you had, you know, really good value pick at corner. I think with, you know, what you have on the board, it makes a lot of sense to upgrade the offensive line here. So, I'd lean John Michael Schmitz just because, you know, I have him higher on my board. But if you want to go positional value, I think you can't go wrong with Mauk either. So uh, I think either one of those are, you know, that's where the direction I'd go in. I'm interested in what you guys have to say, though. Yeah, it's it's a tough one here just because I have Schmitz as my number one center. But, again, you look at the positional value. I think the reason why I'd probably edge towards Schmitz here is – purely because I think that the Bears will probably add another tackle in in free agency, which might mean that they may prioritize center. Because right now, in terms of free agency, there's not a whole lot of options there. So I personally think that at this point in time, you'd probably look at Schmidt, and it's similar to what Poles may, may have seen when they had to fix the O-line in Kansas City, getting in that center that can really help your team. And um, that's where I would be leaning right now, unless yourself, Noel or Seth has any other opinions on, on these two. No, I, uh, I no, think, I'll you... Oh, I'll let you go. No, go ahead. Seth. No, no, go ahead. Um, I, I, I'd, I'd lean towards center um, because I just personally have the opinion that a really good center improves your guard play and not the other way around personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I just think it makes a huge difference, and we've seen what lack of quality center play um, can can do. But also in my head, McGlinchey is on the free agent market. Uh, I, I just think that San Fran just lets people walk when needed. Um, I, or regardless, I think they signed a, a tackle, and whether it's a left tackle and and – shift Braxton Jones over to right tackle or sign a right tackle. I, th- I think they're going to heavily address tackle. Um, and I think Schmitz instantly improves that interior because I don't think Cody Whitehair is that bad. I think he's a decent, you know, one more year type guy. And I think getting somebody like John Michael Schmitz makes that interior of that line really solid. And no, you did you want yeah, to come no, anything? Seth, Seth, Seth covered it all in there. I think it's just so important that you get that center position just sorted. For too long now, it's, it's caused a lot of issues, and that does go out through the line. Then, so if you can get that center of the line solidified and, and sorted out, then it just makes a big, big difference for everything around them. Then, so for me, I go to center. Very, yeah. Okay, that's. I like I said. I think that's one of the key areas that the Bears do need to address here. Um, there's some very interesting options that are still available, especially if you didn't go D-line earlier on. So we mentioned Moro Ajomo earlier, Jacqueline Roy, Byron Young from Alabama as well. I like Matthew Bergeron as a as a tackle from Syracuse. Um, Hendon Hooker and ACL. I'm not I'm not sure if he if he's um, coming out. I haven't read anything on him. Eli Rickstrom, Alabama. And um, if you wanted to go running back at this point, I think it's 
it could be safe to say that the Bears are probably going to draft a running back because they do that. It's one of the things we've seen over the last couple of years. It'll be interesting to see if they continue doing it. They obviously they took Tristan Ebner last year. You've Zach Evans at this point in time. Also Roshan Johnson at this at this stage as well. Jalen Cantalone is interesting. Darnell Wright is is there and this I think again that's one where he'd go way higher um than round four. I think a lot of people have him like round two. Um so Jacob at this point in time is there anybody that kind of stands out to you? Uh you're on mute Jacob. <laughs> oh god you'd figure by now I'd get this under control. <laughs> How many years we've been you know doing this whole virtual thing. Uh let's see I do like Tuli Tui Pelodu. Mm-hmm. I think that's something to definitely consider, especially since you don't have an edge rusher here. Uh, Darnell Wright, I don't think there, I don't think he should fall this far in real life. He's no. someone I, I'd love, you know, in round two even. Uh, if you don't mind scrolling up a little bit, just to let's see. No, hmm. Noah Sewell's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. He's a guy. I'll admit I've soured on him a little bit over the pa- the past year like heading into the year I had him as a round one guy I don't have him as that right now but I still have him as like a mid round two pick so that's you know still someone I'm relatively high on especially compared to where he's at now uh let's see go up to the top if you don't mind just to see okay all right so this one, I think, is the toughest one we've had to do yet because there are yeah. a lot of talent I like. Uh, tell you what. So I'm going to say a couple of my top guys and then discuss from there. It'll be, like, bigger than what I've had where it's, you know, one or two guys that I really like. So I'll say uh, Darnell Wright, uh, Matthew Bergeron, Noah Sewell, and then uh, Thule – uh, so um, I think for me ju- just purely because I, I don't think he would even have a chance of being in the fourth round for Darnell Wright I, I think what we'll do is we'll ignore that he is there for now because again I would be very surprised if he is there in the fourth round uh, I Thule is one of the guys that I think when it was announced that he was coming out I said at the time he's one of my personal favorites in in the draft this year I think that he's going to be a really interesting prospect and if you've got at this point where you haven't gone edge rusher as well we know just how important that's going to be I don't know if you're going to be able to fix that in in free agency completely and he's definitely an option there and um, the other ones Noah Sewell's an interesting one because we saw what like the Bears are going to really need to upgrade that front seven. Noah Sewell is one guy that seems to have fallen quite far from grace. Like you said, a lot of people had him maybe towards the end of the first round at the beginning of the year, and it's kind of fallen to where some people have him in the seconds, obviously here for PFF, all the way down to round four. I feel like he's one guy that could really fit with what Iberflus wants to do in terms of Again, those athletic linebackers are always – we saw what we were able to do when kind of Jack Sanborn came in where he 
once if you're smart, if you have some form of athleticism, you can play in this defense. He'd be an interesting one for me. Um, so I think personally, if it, I like Matthew Bergeron as well, I tackle again. I guess it it could depend on what the Bears do in free agency. I think it for me personally, I would go either Noah Sewell or uh, Thule at the at this point in time. I guess I'll I'll also leave you. Seth and and know if there's anybody in particular that kind of catches your eye at this point in time that you like or if you would be happy going for one of those guys well for me it's it's no so i just think we look at you know the, the play we got on defense last year you know front and from the linebackers and that's something that still needs to be addressed i know we bring in jalen carter but you know there's a lot of work to be done up there, given the the amount of pressure that the Bears got on last year. And I think Noah Sewell is, you know, he's he has the size and strength, and he has a, a good motor. And as you say, he has that athleticism. So for me, if he was sitting there, I, w- I would be making that move. Yeah, I think it's it's probably a good fit when you look at overall what this defense really needs and what this team needs. And yeah, look, if he's available at this point in time, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, so I think that's where we'll go um, for this I, one. I will say I do like um, Keanu Benton. Um, mm-hmm. I think he would make a solid addition You know, at the one technique. Yeah. Um, just somebody to keep in mind, I, I could see him being a guy that you know Ibraflus might like. Uh, definitely a guy who hustles hard, gets into the backfield, gets the tackles for losses, makes, makes plays when he has to. And he's a big dude, big and – and really strong. And I think if you were to have Carter and him side by side, uh, interior offensive lines, beware. Yeah, that, that's definitely one to kind of consider, especially seeing as how they're going to rebuild this defensive line. Because we talk about offense, and yeah, obviously it's going to be important to get guys around Justin. But we saw what happened with what even Jacksonville were able to do, improve that defense, and it also helps your young quarterback because your defense is constantly not giving up yardage and points and put more pressure on the offense so for this time i think noah sewell is a good kind of value pick but also a good fit for this defense um and we have a a good amount of picks coming up here in the fifth round um so at this point in time at the top you have a couple of running backs so you've chase brown dwayne mcbride um ty j spears um Kenny McIntosh, Cedric Tillman is still there at wide receiver. Um, you have Javon Foster. And... Storm Duck. <laughs> Name alone, Storm Duck. <laughs> Very good. Uh, look, Juice Vaughn was one. Zion Nelson. If you want to go another linebacker, <laughs> Henry is there too. Uh, is there anybody that kind of catches your eye, um, Jacob, that you'd be kind of targeting at this range for, for the bears in round five. Let's see. So if we, uh, if we went with Mauk or any other offensive lineman with that other pick, I definitely be all over uh, Ola Shagun Ola Watimi. That's a mm-hmm. guy that I think is severely underrated in this class. Uh, really like the running back value here. I don't know about you guys, but I think there are a lot of guys who can really contribute. Uh, let's see. I think there's a, yeah. Like McBride, Brown, Spears, McIntosh, Vaughn. Uh, maybe not so much Eric Gray, but I think either way, you're looking at some really good value here. Uh, 
let's see. Which uh, which edge rushers are available, if you don't mind? Let's have a look down here. Oh, I need to get rid of their – I need to get rid of the running back. Uh... Hmm. Okay, and uh, ZTF, uh, he's staying in school, so I'm not I'm not too high on what's available right now. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Uh, I like the running back value a lot. I know we talked a bit about, uh, you know, which guys we'd want to, you know, which positions we target, and running back was one we'd look at on day three. Uh, I think from a pure scheme perspective, Dwayne McBride is probably the best fit because, you know, he's a good pass protector, solid, you know, receiver, just an, a well-rounded runner was insane this year from a production perspective. Uh, but then again, he's not my highest of the bunch. I have, uh, so Chase Brown and Deuce Vaughn are my top running backs out of that bunch. So I'd love a running back here. Cedric Tillman's intriguing to me at receiver, but uh, again, so hmm, you know this is tough. Once we get to the later rounds, it's you know it starts to get a bit more difficult because you don't know exactly who's going to be there. Uh, hmm. I do like the receiving element of McBride, and if Montgomery does go, it would be nice to have a guy who can actually catch the ball. Yeah, I, I think that's a good option. I again, I kind of agree with with Jacob in the fact that I wouldn't have him as high as I have a guy like Chase Brown or even Kenny McIntosh. But again, it's that skill set that often when it comes to these kind of day three picks, it's do they fit in your system? And I think yeah. Dwayne McBride is probably the one here that would fit. I do think the Bears are probably going to sign somebody in free agency as well which means you can afford to take a guy like Dwayne McBride and kind of maybe he takes over from what maybe they were hoping Treston Ebner could have been last year. Um, and I'd be fine with taking a running back here considering we're back picking in, was it two to three picks time? So I think that's where I would go at this point if you guys agree. Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah. All right, cool. So we will go for Dwayne McBride at a running back and then – if we look at it here, so you're at one three one, and Cedric Tillman is still there, and if we spoke about Xavier Hutchinson earlier on today, Jalen Duncan, tackle from Maryland, um, again, there's a couple of linebackers there that are interesting. Robert Scott is not coming out, and. Carter Warren tackle from Pittsburgh is interesting there. Is there anybody else that kind of sticks out to you guys at this point in time? So I have one guy. I think uh, I'm surprised Jalen Duncan's fallen this far. Uh, yeah. I don't think that happens in real life. I don't know how we want to go about that. If we want to do the Darnell Wright thing again, where we're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, if not, then absolutely he's the pick, but if not, I honestly like Cedric Tillman. I think that's a good pick because, you know, we already went with Hyatt, but I think Tillman, just get all the Tennessee wide receivers. Why not? Uh, yeah, let, let's just do it. Get all three of them. <laughs> so we get Till, Tillman and Hyatt this this year, and then last year, uh, obviously with Valus coming through. But honestly, in terms of the value here, I think that makes the most amount of sense here. 
Um, I agree with you when it comes to a guy like Jalen Duncan. I think he's going to get picked way higher than what we see here in the fifth round. So, again, just to have some form of realism there, we will uh, we'll ignore that for now. But I think Cedric Tillman at this point is a really good option. Really, for, for that, I'd be looking at him or Xavier Hutchinson. But I just think the ceiling's higher for a guy like Cedric Tillman. And I know we already picked him with Tennessee wide receiver, but if the value fits... I don't really think it matters what school they went to, even if it is from the same offense. Um, so I'd be happy with going for that if you guys agree. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think you can go wrong either way with either receiver. Especially considering we pick up in another 10 picks. And again, you're still in the in the same situation here um, where you have a bunch of the same type of guys. I like Zion Nelson. Uh, I like Henry from... Alabama at this point, Nick Herbig. Um, let's see who else is available down here. Um, yeah, like I'm, I'm not completely sold on some of the tackles, but does anybody else have a name that's kind of come out here that interests you at this point in time in the draft? See, I like Zion Nelson here. Uh, I think that it's really good value. I don't know if he falls this far in real life, but I think it's more mm-hmm. likely that he falls than Jalen Duncan falls. Yeah. And, you know, we don't have a tackle yet unless, you know, my mind's, you know, messing with me here. No, so, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, you know, in the approach where, say, you sign a guy in free agency, you have, you know, a t- one tackle and then Braxton Jones at the other. I think it be, makes sense to add another tackle. Maybe he develops and can compete with Braxton for a starting spot. Uh, but if not, then it's good depth. And I don't think there's too so there's such thing as too much offensive line depth. So I'd be down with Zion here. Uh, Henry Tao Tao is a good value here, but you also have you got Noah Sewell already. So I don't know if they go you know two linebackers, but Ridley Nelson. If any other guys have any thoughts, you know. I'm, more than willing to be interested, but Nelson's where I'd go personally. I also think that this is something that Poles will do is just to try and keep building the depth of the offensive line. Cause we saw what happened this year that especially when it comes to these later rounds, and I think that's where, where we'll go. But when it comes to these later rounds, you just need to keep drafting offensive linemen because you never know when somebody goes down and you're going to need to get other guys coming in and, kind of see what even what green bay have done to a certain extent to where you just have to keep building it so if somebody else goes down you can bring in somebody that you kind of believed in as well um i guess at this point in time you're kind of looking for somebody that has an maybe an interesting kind of um skill set guy i like is ivan pace jr from cincinnati um jonah tavai from san diego state Jacob Cowing, if you weren't going, if you didn't go wide receiver before, um, I like him as kind of maybe more of a slot option. Um, is there any other names there that kind of um, stick out to any of you guys? I love Ivan Pace Jr. I think that'd be a really good fit. Uh, you know, just an athletic guy, super high motor, one of the best blitzing linebackers in the nation. Mm-hmm. Uh Jair Brown, the safety at a Penn State, is pretty interesting to me. Uh, you know, you've got that's uh, Brisker's running mate. 
you know, someone he, he knows. And I uh, actually like over at like the beginning of like mid December, something like that. Uh, I got to go to a press conference uh, at like a, a food bank in Chicago and Brisker was one of the guys who was there. I was talking with him a little bit about some of the Penn state guys on the roster. Uh, he's a big fan of Jair Brown, obviously, uh, you know, having played with them, having played alongside him. I think there's a lot to like there, you know, just an intelligent guy who's, you know, good athleticism, solid ball skills. Uh, I wouldn't hate safety depth. I think that, you know, it's good value there. Uh, but at the same time, I think Ivan Pace is probably the best blitzing linebacker in this class from a pure off-ball perspective. So I wouldn't complain either way if there's anyone else who stands out. Uh, but again, I think you're just looking for depth here, and I think either one of those you can't really go wrong. Yeah, and, and I think at this point in time for Ivan Pace Jr., I think it's what the Bears have, what they can use as well. It's even if it's someone that can't co- isn't going to come in and start straight away, you, know, you can use them on certain plays and certain coverages and stuff like that. And I, I do like his athleticism. And he would be one that if it was at this point in time, I'd be hoping that they would target because he is one of those guys that he's a fun watch on tape. And you always want to see that for some of your, from your teams. And look, at, at this point in time, you're looking at six round, kind of the 25th, pick again you're kind of looking for somebody that can do a job somewhere like i said i like jonah tavai Dorlus is not coming out i don't believe tyler lacy from oshan mattis from nebraska interesting and baldonado the edge rusher from pittsburgh is someone i like a lot um bj thompson from stephen f austin nick hampton and jackson kirkland from Washington, is there anybody there that kind of sticks out to you? Uh, yeah. So let's see. Scroll up. Just there's an edge rusher. I gotta see who. Uh, it was Baldonado. I had him yeah. as an option for the Bears in my most recent mock. Uh, I certainly think that's a strong possibility. He's got a lot of the tools Eberflus likes: long arms, athleticism, high motor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the production fell off this year compared to last year. But I think especially if you're in the sixth round, you bet on a guy who has, you know, who has good tape, even if the, you know, the best of it wasn't this year, who, you know, can play at a high level at the, you know, in college. And he has all the tools that Eberflus likes in a football player, you not just in an edge rusher. So that'd be my pick here. Again, I think just, you know, defensive depth, that's what you're looking for. And just someone who you know kind of fits what this new regime is all about. Yeah, I agree. I think what you're looking for at this point, you're looking for again a skill set that maybe you feel like okay, maybe they weren't coached to the level that you were looking for, or maybe if you put them in your system, it kind of works out. Um, like there's a couple of guys here that again, I don't really think that they'll last this long, but. Cameron Leitu as a tight end is an is an interesting option. Um I know Eric Gilbert is he transferred, I believe. Um we have I don't think Javion Cohen is coming out. Emil Ekior Jr. Um at this point is crazy. And Jackson Kirkland, TJ Bass. Um is there anybody else that kind of sticks out to you? Nick Broker from Mississippi. 
let's see. If you don't mind, go to the running backs real quick. There's one guy I want to see if he's still available just for just for the yeah. hell of it. Okay. Uh, Hunter Lepke, the yeah. fullback out of North Dakota State. You, we don't have to go in this direction if we don't want to. Uh, I think there's you know very good value elsewhere, but I freaking love this guy. I think mm-hmm. he's probably the best fullback I've watched in the last – and I've been doing this for like what, like seven, eight years, something like that. Uh, Lepke's the you know highest grade fullback I have. I think he's, you know, just a very versatile guy, great runner, tough player, you know, very good lead blocker in the run game, uh, great pass catcher. They don't re-sign Blossom game or they want to give him competition. I wouldn't hate that pick. Uh, but again, that's not the most you know pressing need or pressing situation right now. So we don't have to do that. But I just wanted to see if he was available, and he is. Uh, just wanted to give him a shout out. Uh, let's see. Go back to the. I mean, okay. So I do like Cameron Latu, like you mentioned earlier. I think mm-hmm. that'd be a good pick because they don't really have a lot of depth at tight end right now, and I think Latu is a very good athlete and just a you know a fluid guy. He's still a work in progress, but a lot of intriguing tools. So I'm cool with Latu if you guys are, but. Uh, yeah, I think that'd be a good, uh, nice high ceiling pick for, especially for a seventh round pick to develop into something more. Yeah, I like his athleticism. Again, it's someone that you really only need them to make a play here or there because you you believe in what Cole Komet's able to do. Um, yeah. But again, it means if if there's an injury to Cole Komet or maybe you need somebody to him to come in in specific situations, it's definitely something that I think the Bears are going to need to be able to do and improve kind of the backups at that position. Um, it's definitely one that I would like to see the Bears be able to do. Um, so it is one of the interesting ones. It's so funny on some of these, how they think of some of these players. Um, so they gave the trade with the Indianapolis Colts an A. You have Jalen Carter and Joey Porter. They were good. But it's so funny. They clearly don't like Jalen Hyatt oh. or John Michael Smith because oh. of – it that makes no sense especially like where it where it's picked um let's see so again some of the it, it, you can tell it's the guys that we talk about that are kind of ranked lower than most would expect yeah. um it, it's interesting to see how they go the same with ivan pay so like a lot of the guys that we were kind of saying that are ranked lower it goes to show that the different sites that you use it's like really how they are ranking these guys and it's going to change a lot from from now to i guess the end of this draft process but look it's it's really interesting the fact that we get to do this we get to talk about the bears we get to talk about the draft and knowing that the bears have good control of what they want to do whether they want to go and pick the best guy in in the draft or if they want to trade down and accumulate a load of picks especially if you get an extra first or if you get maybe an extra two or three, because there's a lot of very good talent that's not going to be in the top 10, but look, Jacob, we really appreciate you joining us. Um, I know you're, you're busy. You've loads of work all over the place. So do you want to tell people about kind of some of the, some of the things that you've been doing? I know you've mentioned that your mock draft came out today. It was very, very interesting as well, especially some of the prospects that we picked here, but also some of the other guys as well. Yeah, for sure. So I had my mock draft, you know, like you mentioned, that came out today, like early this morning. Uh, got a lot of other stuff coming up. I have tomorrow coming out at Windy City Gridiron. I'm looking at 
six potential trades that the Bears can do for the number one overall pick. Uh, one of them is the Colts, and you know it's very similar to the one that we did in the mock draft simulator. Uh, so I'm excited for that one to come out. And I also, actually, before I hopped on, I just finished another article that's coming out. I think Wednesday probably uh, about like I'm looking at some of the analytics about what they say about top Bears prospects. So I'm looking at uh, what they say about Will Anderson about his performance this year and last year. Uh, and what you know, how efficient he was on a down by down basis. So that's some of the stuff that I have ready to go that's going to be coming out. And you know, I'm going to have a lot of free time this week, so I'm just going to be you know, cranking out you know, article after article and you know, just getting a heads up, you know, a head start for when I get busier down the line. So definitely check that out. Uh, my Twitter is right over there. Uh, so yeah, that's really about it. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Look. I'm sure we will be talking because it's going to be a very crazy off season here where lots of good free agency signings, hopefully, but also the draft is going to be the key thing. As everybody knows, we've already kind of started our kind of draft content here. We've been doing it for the last kind of month or so, and it's going to continue again, similarly to what Jacob was saying there. Uh, we will have another show on Wednesday. It'll be kind of around more of the potential trades that, would happen we'll talk about some of the top teams that will be looking for a quarterback um we'll also be joined by clay harbour um on wednesday so that's one to look out for what he thinks of i guess the bears getting that number one overall pick we have a, a bunch of um content coming up over the next couple of weeks a lot of draft content for you guys that really are interested in that we will have some more kind of free agency content and then probably within the next week or two Myself, Noel, and Tony will be going through some of the top wide receivers in the upcoming draft class. So check that one out. That will be coming up over the next two weeks. Um, Jacob, I just wanted to say, again, thank you for joining us today. It's been a lot of fun. It's always good talking to you. We'll definitely be having you on again before the draft, probably way sooner than that. But look, it's it's a, it's a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, guys, thanks for all the comments. There was loads of them. They're really, really good as well. If you haven't already subscribed, please do. Please like the video. And until next time, all we can say is bear down. Bear down.